Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, rain riding. Splish riding in splash. the rain. Yes. It is that Same. time of year again. Yeah. Last night, most Portland residents by now know that it did rain, and it rained a fair amount, too. Uh, we had some, some flooding up in Alberta. Oh, no. It was really fun, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was it was the good kind of flooding in the sense that everybody like sees those warnings about clearing out your storm drains, and then you're like, nah, I don't really need to do that. And then it actually rains, and people are like, yeah, I totally oh, should have done that. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of fun. I was, I was walking... Um, down Alberta Street when the, the, the bulk of it hit. And um, we'll get into the biking section of, of dealing with the rain, but from a um, like tennis shoes and shorts standpoint, it was the proper attire for how much wetness was in the road because uh, there were like multiple intersections of, of Alberta that were just completely flooded across. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And oh. like everybody was outside, like either sweeping rain out of the front of their shop or like trying to clear the storm drains. Oh, no. So... It, oh, it worked out. I think yeah. everybody was just kind of like chipping in. That, that's, right. That's oh, the, well, that's the, good. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that, that was the fun part of it is, you know, you could tell people just kind of like stopping what they were doing and trying to help get stuff clear again. So it was nice to see community in action. Nice. Fun times. I collected some hailstones. Oh, really? Yeah. But then, you know, they melt because it's ice. But... Unless you put them in your freezer. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> save, save them for next year. Did you ever do that with snowballs? Like when it would yes. snow? Yes. Yes. Yep. Those don't really keep very well. Yeah. They do just become like ice balls <laughs> and they hurt when you actually throw them at somebody. You're not speaking from personal experience, uh, are you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, I, hey, what what do we got going on today? So we're talking about rain, but we are. is it just you and me? It isn't. And I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I just launched right into it. Just, just, I was just so excited. I was going to jump in to talk it. about... But I was being really amused. So we, I didn't we've got Armando. We've got hello, Dude Luna in the studio. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for joining. And Armando is super nice. He brought pizza for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Gotta you're welcome some... back anytime. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to crash when I hear people. Oh, they're going to be there. I would totally want to crash and pound on the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should. I see. I never got a chance to do it before I actually. Um, became a part of the spark of podcast in this fashion but i had had for this past pedal palooza um I, I well i guess i can say now because it, it's not going to happen but i i was planning a ride that was like the crash the sprocket ride oh really and anna knew about it and <laughs> uh, i was gonna post it on the pedal palooza <laughs> calendar and uh -huh. just be like show up for a secretive event well you will go to a secret place and do Ooh, something secret one. and would bring, bring like sign making materials and so everybody can like show oh up oh my gosh like, like the today like, show exactly or something? exactly <laughs> um so obviously like i i, I wasn't able to do that because i was on the show during last pedal palooza <laughs> but um so this you know this says more about me than about like <laughs> like uh, the sprocket or or people in in the bike world of Portland. But I have this sense of like people showing up, like, "Ooh, what is it going to be? What's it going to be?" Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're gonna ride to the studios to the sprocket studios. And we're gonna like hold these signs, like it's the Today Show. And I, I can imagine like there's this two 
too cool for school uh-huh. group just like, ah, this is bullshit. Nah, yeah. <laughs> Which is totally we're, their we're prerogative. Gonna, yeah, I mean, that, that's cool. Those I are, mean, if, if it was just me, that would be funny in its own way. The, the kids that I want to get in with, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, wait. Come uh, on, no. You know, my idea cool, was terrible. Though. Let me just follow you. Right. Where, where are you going? <laughs> okay, we won't go. We won't do that right. Fine, you, you want to go do it at, uh, at, at some place you want to go do it at the doug fur instead we can do it there yeah <laughs> or, we'll go to the doug fur we'll, or the, or we'll Mississippi studios or something. Playing. yeah sure yeah, exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> well we will never know or yes. or we'll we'll not know until it happens but um anyway I'll, I'll stick that one in the brain for a future date right on uh yeah what, what were you up to this week aaron this week i had a amazing fun time at a Cider farm. Did well, you? Is it a cider farm? I guess it's an apple orchard, isn't it? Well, it's Does a, it sell it was cider? a pumpkin patch. So <laughs> is it a cider farm? Is, is it, it a, a bird? Patch? Is it a plane? Anyway, went to an apple orchard, pumpkin patch, cider farm. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yes. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah. know what I did this week? What did you do? I went to a pumpkin patch slash cider farm. What? Yeah. For real? For real. We we should tell people we were talking about this <laughs> yeah, before the show. I'm trying to manufacture the, the surprise. It's not as good. Manufactured but... <laughs> surprise. Wait, was it named Bauman's? It was. What? Holy shit. Did, did we just go to the same cider farm on the same week? Yes, we did. High five. Uh, tell, me, tell me how it went. I want the Aaron so scoop. My, my experience, I'm sure, differed from your experience in that my experience is very unique because it was a field trip. Oh, I see how it is. It's a. It was an emergency field trip, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a district driver, and we don't normally handle field trips. We we contract that out to other drivers. Um, and but for whatever reason, this particular kid did not get a spot in with the regular buses. Okay. Yeah. So sort of and, a special circumstance. Well. Yeah, I don't I'm still trying to piece together what exactly happened. Um to the best of my knowledge, someone said harness and that made our department think like this person need a specific like safety oh, gotcha. support to okay. to get on the bus and what they really meant was like a child seat. Interesting. Yes. Um which so the quote unquote harness that was supposed to be with the kid didn't make it on the original bus. Mm. And so then they're all like in a panic. I just happened to come at just the right time. And our dispatcher was like, Aaron, how about you? Yeah. <laughs> Go <laughs> drive this kid. Someone so scored, a, scored a free trip to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it was me and like this this little kindergarten kid and his uh uh teacher and just the three of us in the, in oh, a bus really? yeah down down to this pumpkin patch like near Salem that's a long drive yeah it's an hour <laughs> <laughs> two people i've never met before i don't know their needs you how, know how i don't was know the, what they like how was the how was the drive down was it pleasant? it wasn't too bad okay yeah it wasn't too bad i was expecting it to be really awkward cuz when you know, I've done cover driving for a while. I've also done uh, field spare driving, which is, you know, you you cover something that goes wrong, like, during the day. So <clears throat> I tend to, like, some of the reactions I've gotten from, from parents when you are that person that's sort of 
that's sort of coming to the rescue or, or like picking up at the last minute, it runs the the full spectrum of reactions. You know, okay. it could be like, great, I'm glad you're here to like, well, it's about fucking time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I could see that. Or worse. But <laughs> and, Non, non but, radio friendly response. Right. Well, yeah. Well, we're, we're online. <laughs> but um, so I, I was expecting it to be way more awkward, but they were actually just really grateful that this kid got to, go out that day and, and be with the rest of the class. Yeah. You know, that, um, that's a formative experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also like helped any kind of awkwardness I was feeling at the very beginning. Cause I don't know these people. It was like for a school I've never driven for before in my life. And, uh, uh, yeah. So like having like already like this sort of positive momentum going, like we just were able to talk freely with each other. It was cool. Mm -hmm. nice. Um, and we got there and then I got to stay out there and hang out with everybody because I'm not going to drive an hour back just to yeah. turn around. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, hung out and then came back. But it was cool, you know. Nice. This is, I think, the farthest I've ever driven a bus before. Yeah, that's a decent a decent stretch there. Um, I was reflecting, too, I think. So jane and i went there uh earlier this week as well and our our mission was to try to find the best cider donuts in oregon within a reasonable ish distance of uh <laughs> i say ish They're in caveat yeah, yeah. <laughs> like down 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 near woodburn um and so with that we have been like seeking this apple cider donut experience uh being from new york originally where you know if you're in like mid-state or downtown new york you can just go and get this cider donut and it's like everything you ever imagined right and then you go to replicate that and it's, it's sort of similar to like pizza or bagels and you're like well it's like it's good but it's it's just not the same for some reason <laughs> uh so we'd, we'd heard this was the spot how much of that is nostalgia do you think so it interesting um that you ask that because i don't have any nostalgia attached to like donuts pizza or bagels yet i have <laughs> well in the sense of like i didn't grow up in new york right. and so i i um the i'd say the biggest factor of that that i've ever experienced was actually coming back from india and like people say like oh the food's like really just different you know it's not it's not the same and so in that similar sense like uh for a lot of uh scenarios like you truly do have to be in the place where that food is made for it to taste the way like you would you would talk about it such right. as and i'd say the similar or, or the same is true of new york from from like a year and a half ago perspective so i minus the nostalgia factor i do think there is something like in the water or in the way that it's made that like sure. pizza it's a different you yeah know, it's just uh, it's it's good in portland but it's like at its finest in in those locales there. okay yeah that's my opinion that being said um i heard portland actually got on the list of like one of the best pizza places or pizza hubs in the U.S. Really? Yeah, I can see that though because I, I think maybe not for the reasons people, I would give it, but okay. like, but we get a lot of tries. people that are in it like for the craft of it. Though. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, there was a local author who had um, written a book that was getting pulled into this larger uh, body of work, I believe, and her um, focus was all on Portland's pizza culture. So I'd say that like the cultural element is there, but it's a similar deal where like you just you're not going to get a one dollar New York slice hot off, right. you know, hot, hot out of the oven in the same way that you would in downtown Manhattan or something. Um, so well, don't you dare fold it. 
<laughs> oh, I always fall to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> mine right now. <laughs> um, so in that regard, um, the I, I found that the donut. So we we had to be scientific about this, and so we were those people that like waited at like a 10 foot distance and we're like we gotta wait till they bring the fresh ones out so you wait till they walk out of the kitchen and then you go and you grab that bag and you like buy it as fast as you can so that you can like eat it (laughs) while they're fresh and i would say that um as far as an experience they are not as good but they are mighty fine donuts they're they're pretty darn tasty so i think that the um appleness of it was slightly light yet the uh oil factor and the sugar and the consistency of the donut was right up there with many of those we've had back on the east coast right on yeah did you happen to to, to duck into the farm store uh, or did yeah. you go play with the slingshot uh <laughs> the slingshot pumpkins no i didn't go into that section um Although I probably could have just with my school ID, like, yeah, I'm with the field trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just mostly, like, I hung around. <laughs> this is kind of sad. I hung around the petting zoo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, let's let's be fair. The petting zoo is pretty fun. I mean, it was cool. There's a couple of goats and uh, some chickens. I don't know why chickens are in a petting zoo, though. You hmm. can't really, like, pet them. You can try. <laughs> sure you can. It's like a chasing zoo, maybe. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and then I I went to the donuts were really the only thing I could eat. Like they had uh, hot dogs and sausages. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like, what am I gonna have for lunch? Uh, oh, donuts! I'll have donuts for lunch. Yeah, yeah. What was your donut <laughs> take? It was good. Um, I didn't get a, I didn't get the fresh ones. I wasn't. I didn't think about that. I I noticed there's people like standing around. I'm like, what are you guys waiting for? You haven't decided. Like the menu's only so long. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Hot dog, sausage, donuts. I don't apples, know. There's there's three cider choices. Cider to drink, water, <laughs> hot tea. I don't know. Gotcha. Anyway. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were more in the store section. So it, I think it was a they had like the big barn, which is like the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. like kind of tucked away back behind that. Um, they got they actually had like some really neat varieties of apples and such that you aren't as easily able to find in a yeah, lot of stores. Yeah, you can stores do like a whole cider tasting. Like, oh, yeah. You know, this is the cider from this apple. This is the cider from this apple. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, shoot, now I'll have to go back. Ah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was good stuff. It was very busy when we were there, so. Yeah, it's about the time of year, right? That everybody's yeah, like, you know, that, that October thing, thing people kind of go out to the out to the farm stores. With the harvest and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you do pumpkin patches, Armando? I do. We went to, we went to Savi Island and went to the... Uh, the pumpkin patch. That is actually the name of it. <laughs> it's just called the pumpkin patch. The pumpkin patch. Is that the one where you get to Savi and you're kind of coming off the bridge where you just continue straight? Or do you take that left and kind of hook around? It is on, like if you were straight across the bridge and turned right, but you don't do that. You have to do a loop. Mm-hmm. It's that way. There's two of them on that side. Yeah. Okay. I, think I guess I've that would be the one. south. Okay. The south part. Yeah. And there's, uh, so the pumpkin the the corn maze is kind of to your right as you get into the parking lot and the store is right in front of you. I'm trying to remember left. too. The cor- corn maze is to the left. Corn maze good, to the left. Never good one. Never good corn maze. Okay, fair enough. But we were that, talking, but that one is eight dollars. Eight dollars for a corn maze. So the only thing uh, we were talking about corn mazes earlier as well. Um, I've I've actually not gone to too many corn mazes, but um, they appear to be a thing. Yeah, I think I've log- like gone to two or three in my entire life. Yeah. Do you prefer to just go find a field of corn and kind of just lose your I way? I mean, I grew up next to a field of corn. Like, you know, my childhood was a corn maze. Mm. 
Was, could, did you watch Children of the Corn too, growing up? Was that a prominent <laughs> Halloween feature? I didn't, I didn't see that until I was an adult. Okay. That, that's <laughs> probably like, okay. Like, yeah, when I finally got around to seeing it, I was like, oh, why is everyone scared? <laughs> These kids are cool. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to be friends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just just go play with them. <laughs> I think um, one thing corn mazes have going for the, them that they certainly didn't have when I was a kid is the technology. And so you can just hook up a GPS uh, module to the tractor or whatever you're using to cut and so instead of just oh. kind of like freewheeling it you can actually be like nope this is going to be a clown or uh, uh intricate like signs or, or that sort of deal um so apparently the the technology behind cool and intricate corn mazes has gotten a lot better in recent years so I, i'm not sure I, I i don't know if i'd pay eight dollars for a corn maze but I'd be more tempted to if it if it were particularly intricate. In, you, intricate. You would if you had kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Did you I go was, in the corn maze? If I was with my nieces, I might. Yeah. Fair enough. No, fair enough. If I was on a date, I'd pay five bucks. It's interesting you said about uh, technology because they they actually had monitors that were walking through the corn maze, mm. like the corn cops. That's actually what they were. Corn called. cops. Corn cops. Wow. That was it on has gotten shirt. complex. Um, but, I don't like I don't like the way corn maze is going now. But in addition to that, they had a they had a you know a drone above. Like huh. what? Yeah, they had a drone above, like keeping an eye Whoa. out on what was going on. What the heck? Yeah. Wow. So no shenanigans you're like, in the corn maze. Exactly. If you're like Bobby. Got lost in the corn maze. No, he's right here. And then you have the corn cops go go find Bob. And the corn cops would head. Corn and cops. They should call them the corn cops. But then it wouldn't make any sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed a sign on the way out. It was kind of a, a little of the maze a, or the a, farm on the way out of the farm. It said, "Leave with as many kids as you arrived with." Hmm. But then. Like, you know, because it was like Halloween or whatever, there was a ghost next to the sign. Okay. And I'm like, well, so what are you implying here? Gotcha. <laughs> Make sure your kid doesn't die and becomes a ghost. I mean, hey, public service announcement. I guess. I, I was um, imagining in my like, head like a small- It just puts a whole different tone on that sign when you put a ghost on it. Yeah. God, I could get so dark with that so quick. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I was picturing like small goats as a picture beside it. Like, oh. leave with as many goats as you came <laughs> with originally. Maybe, but I, I bet the ghost is, is better. <laughs> um, yeah, fun times. Corn mazes. And you got the cider. So life is good. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And the no. cool thing about, about like, I don't know. This, this is maybe a little bit inside baseball. When you're doing like a... Uh, out and stay rather than like an out and back mm -hmm. <clears throat> you're on the clock the whole time so you know i got paid to just kind of hang out at a pumpkin patch nice yeah, it was kind of nice yeah <laughs> i'm a fan <laughs> and the weather was great the weather was great the whole time it didn't start raining until we were about to leave that's good yeah yeah especially with the rain that we got last night um so for Portland, we finally got enough that we had some sewage backed up into the Willamette, yeah. which typically doesn't happen Ooh. for another couple yeah. months here. So you know it's you know it's serious rain when our <laughs> when we're not allowed to swim in the Willamette. But kudos to the Big Pipe Project, uh, finished in 2010, <laughs> <laughs> that, that delays or, or prevents that need most of the time. Right. <laughs> um, did you hear thunder? By the way, yes, I did. Yeah did you did you catch some of that? Last night? I don't think so last night. 
Oh, you yeah. caught the fireworks. I remember the fireworks, that. Fireworks, yeah. Was, Saturday night. I heard those so and what, I walked into the Twitter. With that? I don't know. It was uh, someone just decided to shoot off fireworks. That was at Omsi. They were having a uh, an event. Okay. I think it was a Providence event that yeah. uh, uh, like a fundraiser for cancer research or something. But they had a big fireworks show there. Gotcha. It was it was funny because I logged in to Twitter to check like, well, is it gunshots or is it fireworks? Like the, the usual thing that Wait, you do. Wait, where were you though? Where, where did well, you I hear up, from? I was up in Northeast. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, and of course, like four seconds before I logged in, you were like, <laughs> fireworks. And I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I can I can log Armando's back out of Twitter got it now. Handled. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the status update. <laughs> um, yeah. The Thunder from, what was it, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Was really nice. I, I'm not sure if you were outside when it was happening, but we got a couple of peels. Um, and the, but in between, it was kind of crackling. Like there were, you could just hear the energy sort of rippling throughout yeah. the clouds yeah. and, and not striking, but just so like hyper tensed. I didn't in a catch sense. any lightning at all. I didn't see no, any flashes. Just, was just that in the afternoon or in the evening? Yeah, it was probably at. Um, Mid afternoon. I, I took a walk at like two o'clock. About okay. Yeah. All right. I was at, I was down in Clackamas. And oh, so gotcha. I did not. I we saw the cloud coming back when we were driving back from Clackamas. Yeah. But, uh, it was a fun cloud. It was the kind of cloud that makes you really glad you have a raincoat on when you're walking, and everybody <laughs> uh, else is like, "Shit, we should have brought our raincoats." And you're like, "Ha sucker!" The name is or the name of the game is to always bring your raincoat because <laughs> <laughs> you will never know. Uh, speaking of raincoats. Speaking of raincoats. We uh, we're going to talk a little bit about biking, yes, and the rain and, this and evening. The rain. But before we do so, um, I, I should share where, where I was just this afternoon at a particular raincoat with my raincoat at at a, at a spot called the Beermongers on Southeast Division and Twelve. That's correct. Yes, and you know if you're ever down in Southeast or Northeast or Northwest or Southwest, any of any of those places, and it starts to rain particularly hard, do you know where you can always find a spot to hang your coat? Why the beer mongers at South Southeast Be- Division? <laughs> Sorry, exactly. I'm running over your lines. Oh, you're now. good. You're good. Um, what are you having over there, Amanda? I am having the Oktoberfest. Ooh, is German there an style. Octopus on there? I don't know how to say this. Marzen ale. Marzen. I don't know how to say it. It's got an umlaut over the Martian a. ale. Is it like from Mars? M a r z e n. I'm trying to find the. Uh, I clown picked juice. It. Clown I picked, juice beer. That's what it makes it. I grabbed it because it has an octopus on the label. Yeah, and I really cool. like octopi. There's a raspberry bubble treble brut IPA from Hopworks Anniversary, which is quite tasty. Um, it is very bubbly, so good job, Hopworks. Yeah. What are you having over there, Aaron? As always, a Lionheart. This time, it's a Heroes blend. Excellent. Very delicious. This is one of my favorites. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so talking biking, talking in the rain, um, in, in local Portland news, I'd say most recently the rain has resulted in some people falling in a particularly fantastic fashion on North Williams. Oh no. But, uh, that was also in conjunction with some new paint that went up that didn't match very well with the rain. Uh, but more generally, oh, they, they restriped Williams and, uh, the green boxes were just complete like sheets of ice or, or for lack really? of a better, no, no, no traction. So there was probably like eleven or twelve people that wiped out. Oh no! Uh, in the course of an afternoon, so they Thank- usually like like put was some it, texture. Was into it the green it. or the white? Uh 
You know, I didn't test either of them. Okay. I, I just kind of sticked off of the lines. Well, I heard it was the white. It I might be the I white. I didn't hear it was the green. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I I could be very well be uh, incorrect on that because I, I more so I was following up on Peabot saying, "Yep, we're gonna like look at that." Like our bad. Um, and they did. They went out and grounded out again. Good. Put, good, something, good. put some new stuff down. Oh yeah, and they're usually good. Like once it's once it's a known issue, it usually gets um, t- taken care of pretty quick there. So so fortunately that. Uh, can, continuing disaster has been averted uh but it just sort of made me think a little bit harder about what i was riding over um and that's one of the things that really changes this time of year i feel like i have to kick myself back into that thought pattern of every surface is a danger yeah um, and it just truly hasn't been that way until yesterday because we've had a really prolific uh fall here oh man we had an awesome october amazing october <laughs> like i think in the, the last best ever in the last five <laughs> years i can i can say uh like when people ask about fall in portland i usually say well it goes one of two ways either it rains and it's winter or it doesn't and you get an amazing fall and i, I just don't feel like we've had one as crisp as this in at least four or five years Oh, at least. Yeah, yeah. it was like the summer that just kind of hung on for a while. Yeah, yeah. endless summer. Um, so yeah, as we're getting into the into the wetter part of it, uh, you, yeah, you really have to watch out for leaves, and you have to watch out for uh, pothole covers, and especially train oh, tracks. Oh, manhole covers, yes. Yeah. Or manhole covers, yes. yes. I wish we had covers for our potholes, <laughs> but uh, man, manhole covers are pretty good there, too. Um, so what, do you guys have any tips for uh, things to change about your riding habits when the weather starts to shift? I uh, I go slower. This is the first thing I think I, yeah, the first step I do is just go a little bit slower. It doesn't have to be like super major slow, but um, when when things are dry and you got like plenty of tread, mm-hmm. there's no problem to cook know, it. Yeah, to go as fast as you safely mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, want to. But um, yeah, I always slow down a little bit and especially through the turns because. Bike lanes don't get cleaned up as well as the the car lanes here. I mean, car lanes, like, leaves and whatever just blow out from people driving on them. But mm-hmm. uh, leaves tend to collect in the bike lane. And it so, takes us a little longer to work those out of the lane. <laughs> right. And so then, you know, they just build up. And when it gets wet like this, they get pretty slick. Mm-hmm. Slower, wider turns. Yeah. Wider. Yep. wider turns. Yeah, I took... I took the turn over just out here on the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, was it seventh and Graham? Yeah. yeah, I took that super slow. Me too. There's a was there a pile of leaves on your? Yep. Yes. Okay. That's I almost wiped out like a block from the studio tonight. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On that same pile, actually. I I even debated like whether or not to do like the tripod turn, uh-huh. where like you turn and you have your one leg out. I should have done the tripod <laughs> turn. <laughs> should have followed my own advice. <laughs> yeah, it gets slick, slicker and slippery out there that's um one thing that i always have to transition on is i tend to be a huge fan of braking with my front brake and it really takes some relearning when it when it turns over no don't touch the front brake exactly i mean touch it but like but but after the back brake has been like fully acknowledged uh because i tend to break about 80 20 and that's a really that's a really big like change that i have to be conscious about this time of year Hmm. which has burnt me pretty hard in the past (laughs) yeah one of the biggest wipeouts i've ever had was from the uh front wheel sliding out from underneath me oh yeah because probably i hit the front brake a little too hard it'll get you yep 
Yeah, and on the Surly, um, my rear brake is actually about three times harder to pull because uh, the cable run is a little bit funky. With the tech, oh, the, yeah, with the long cables. Well, like it's that. the long cable, and then I also... So I replaced the housing in anticipation of this winter, and then after replacing it, realized that it's actually, I think, a contact angle with my Tektro brakes. And I looked at the manufacturer, and the Tektro brakes have been discontinued, and I'm wondering... Because if, of the contact angle? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it, it provides... After after you've gone through a few cable housing replacements, um, it starts to have a really sh- steep angle of connection, okay. so yeah. you actually get less uh, fluid lever pull through that right. system. Right. So I, I break 80-20 partially because I like breaking 80-20, and then the other half is because it's harder to pull on my oh, back right. brake. So, you know, a creature of convenience, if you will. Um, for for weather and, and for wet riding, is there sort of a different mentality that you take when you go out to the road? Because I think when we, were, when we were talking about this episode, we didn't want to focus as much on the gear as we wanted no. to focus more on uh, just sort of the approach, if you will. And I think Armando had a particularly enlightening one in terms of your style of, oh, of going out yeah, about my, the rain. My approach is you're going to get wet. You're, <laughs> right. you're going to get wet. So, and whether it's either from the rain or from sweating, from wearing all this rain gear, one mm-hmm. or the other. So I tend to, well, and when I'm lucky, my commute is short. I probably, uh, my commute is only like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm only going to be out there for 30 minutes. So with a lot of the rain, I mean, a lot of times if you wait 10 minutes, the rain's passed and then you're just in a mist or so, but it's never been a huge downpour. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't quite worry about it so much coming home from work as I do going to work. Yeah. That I'll get dry eventually kind of, uh, right. Kind of jam. And I have, I mean, I keep my, I have work clothes at work mm-hmm. that I take in. So oh, that's smart. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always change clothes. Uh, but yeah, you're going to get wet. That should be like our new slogan for Portland. You're going to get wet. Yeah. <laughs> that umbrella, it'll work <clears throat> until it doesn't. And then you'll get wet. <laughs> and then you'll get wet. That that rain gear that you spent 30 or $300 oh, on, man. you're going to get wet. <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think on, on some level, there just isn't going to be a, a rain jacket that is 100% portland proof Mm -hmm. i should say portland and like biking proof yeah because there's something about the combination of the of you riding into the rain and um just the fact that the rain is is pretty constant Mm -hmm. when it comes down it just is just a constant it's not like poor stop poor stop poor stop it just comes down um yeah, there's something about that that like no matter what jacket I've ever had, like mm-hmm. it'll leak from somewhere. Oh yeah, I had an outdoor instructor who put it rather poignantly when he said that the trouble with rain gear was it has these holes, and he points at his his arms and his head. He says <laughs> yeah. rain will always find a way to get in these holes. Yeah. yeah. So even if even if you're the hundred percent waterproof type, um, yeah, it's still gonna it's still gonna get in there. Do you guys ride with the ponchos? I have not ridden with a poncho. I haven't either. I've experimented once. Okay. Um, I have a friend who's ridden with some and has some pretty extensive opinions, but I've not done the poncho thing myself. I will say it will keep you dry and you will be warmer than you normally feel because like all of your body gets collected under there. That is something kind of nice about that. But maybe I was using it wrong, but I was leaning, you know, into the, into the drops or into the hoods and I was just having trouble, like, keeping the poncho straight. Oh. Like it just kind of shifts around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and so I decided that I'm not a, I'm not a, or I should say rain cape. I'm not a rain, rain cape, cape guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There are um, sort of like, it sort of, they remind me with chainsaw chaps. There's a, a rain cape. Rain legs. Rain legs. Yeah. You I, pointed at your back. Oh, yeah. You've got the rain legs? Yes. I bought some actually just um, <laughs> Saturday. Oh, well, let us know how they go. <laughs> oh, I love them. It's oh. like the third pair. Oh, okay. And, you know, I go through them because I just wear stuff out all the time. Like, yeah. I have full pants that I've torn the crotch out of because, you know, you just ride in the repeated motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really bad thing to say, I think. Yeah. Hey, Whoops. Saddles, <laughs> Anyways. saddles will do that. They'll yeah. do that. Yeah. And um, I I think I prefer the Rain Lakes one because they're so much cheaper. Um, and so I don't feel as bad replacing them every year mm-hmm. as I would like full pants. And two, they're just easier to take on and off. Yeah. You know. Definitely. But yeah. I love them. I swear by them. Nice. Uh, I think Maddie Carlson also uses them. Okay. Yeah. I've not, I've not um, given them a shot myself, but I have yeah. seen them around. Wait, what are they? Rain legs? They're they're essentially like chaps. Okay. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they they cover like the top and in front of your legs. Um, I always picture them akin to like uh Sawyer's chaps or or what yeah. you'd wear on like yeah. a trail crew or something like that. Um and you know, they they like buckle on in the back. There's like velcro and buckles. And so, you know, when you're done riding, you just sort of undo the buckles and roll it up and you're good. Mm-hmm. You don't like have to like step out of them or anything like that so um, so let us know are you a chap or a chap less rider <laughs> tell <laughs> us how it's chaps. there we go <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us how it goes um one of the things i like about riding in the rain is i feel like in regards to biking we talk about all of these experiences and how uh like connected to things one feels when in the saddle mm-hmm. and i and i was just thinking back do any of you guys have any like particularly strong or vivid memories associated with biking in the rain because i know i can think of a couple for myself but i feel like everybody has like that rain story or maybe mm-hmm. those rain stories do you have one I, right i'm now? trying to think of one yeah oh don't worry i'll just put <laughs> yeah. you on the spot <laughs> no i can i i just i didn't want to like run you over either no go right if you've got one um there's always a moment every time i i ride in the rain well not every time but <clears throat> pretty close to every time where especially if it's like one of those driving rains that happens you know where it's just really coming down and you you just sort of have to steal yourself and kind of like like what you said like yeah okay i'm gonna get wet mm-hmm. let's just do this let's just get it over with and then you know maybe halfway to three quarters of the way to wherever you're going that mentality shifts from like, yeah, this is going to be miserable to like, uh, this is really fucking miserable to like, I'm fucking Superman. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I just, the, the last big rain we had, uh, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. Was it? Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, where it was just, it was just miserable all afternoon, like from 5 PM on mm-hmm. it just kept coming down. Um, and just so happened, that's when I have to come home from work. And I'm, my my backup plan when it's that rainy is go to the max. Okay. You know, just jump on the light rail and, and take that part of the way home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to the light rail station, and it's 20 minutes before the next one oh, goes. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I know I can get – if I'm not – if I can't get home in 20 minutes – 
I'm well more than halfway home. Mm -hmm. So I just bit the bullet and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And and again, I was like, all right, this is going to suck. Let's go. Yeah, this really sucks. Oh, this really fucking sucks. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. (laughs) All right, this isn't so bad. I think I can do this. To like, by the time I'm home and I'm taking that last turn, I'm like, yeah, I got this. All right. Mm -hmm. Get home and like, you know, I'm soaked and you just like peel off all your wet clothes and you're like, Throwing them on the ground like a boss, like yeah, take that wet clothes. Anyways, so that's my <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, remember if I had told this story earlier or not, but uh, one of the things, speaking of thunder, that you don't get a lot of in this area is thunder and lightning. Yeah. So I tend yeah. to just get um, kind of maniacally excited when we do have that type of weather, and so uh, in a very similar fashion, when when you're out in it and like it starts. I feel like you always do that like back and forth with yourself of, you know, if I pull over, will it start to get worse or will it start to get better? (laughs) And then like in the time that you're thinking about that, it's continuing to rain and you're like, well, I'm past that point now. So I'm just going to keep riding. Um, But we had a really good thunderstorm maybe a couple of months ago, perhaps August or early September. Mm -hmm. And my favorite rain memory of this year was me just like yelling at the clouds to like thunder harder as i'm like biking <laughs> nice. up, as i'm going up yes. williams like pumping my fist in the air uh and it's just like drenching just coming down and i did choose to go without rainwear because you you, you it, it was summer and uh <laughs> like you're, it's gonna be 10 minutes before right, you get right. home um but I, I just really love uh that element of attunement i guess that you sometimes get with what's happening around you and you know that in most circumstances like it wouldn't be the smartest thing to just fully avail yourself of any tools that would help you uh be safe from the weather but you know for those specific moments you're like yeah i can totally sacrifice some comfort and um safety and otherwise to just really enjoy what is happening right Right. now right Uh, so that that i think is my favorite thing about storms uh especially in this region all right what you got armando oh i don't know like the only thing i think of is last year i did i did my first noise ride and it was raining. What's oh, a noise yeah. ride? The noise ride. Oh, I get you're going to make me think of the uh, the acronym. It's an acronym. It's a it's a single speed single speed um, exposition. Yes. The Northern Oregon single speed international yeah. exposition. <laughs> international, I think it's sure. something like that. <laughs> and uh, it's just riding around Northeast North Portland, doing crazy stuff on your bike. But last year it was just we got, we got there and it was it was raining. It wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't Midwest rain, but it was raining Portland rain. Okay. And what would the difference be between Midwest and Portland rain? Mid Midwest rain, you're just drenched. Okay. I mean, you can't be out there for five minutes without being drenched. Gotcha. I mean, it's raining, big drops, steady. But it was like a steady Portland rain. And so we're waiting to leave, and everybody gets you get there at noon. I think we left at one or whatever, something like that. Maybe we got there at eleven, left at noon. But by then, you're you're already out there for an hour waiting, and it's, it's you're you're wet. And then you're riding around for four or five hours and you're just sopped. And I had my showers past waterproof socks on. They were, there's, there's no, there's, <laughs> no, not, good. there's, there's no stopping the rain. They might, they might have started hours. waterproof. Yeah, it, totally, it started waterproof. Exactly. And then I didn't remember what rain jacket I had, but it was, there was nothing, nothing. You're just wet and cold. Mm. And, uh, we finished and we were at, I think Columbia park in North Portland. 
That sounds about right. Oh my yeah. gosh. And uh, they brought a keg out and all these people were like, and like nobody was into drinking a beer. <laughs> everybody, was, everybody was asking, are we going to have a fire? Are we going to have a fire? Are we going to have a fire? Like, Dude, we're in a park. We're not going to have a fire in the park. <laughs> uh, that reminds but, me oh of but, the... Uh, but there's a keg. There's a keg. <laughs> there's a keg. There's a keg. I wonder what happened to that. I don't think a lot of people drew. Some people did. But <laughs> they tossed it in the river. Everybody started leaving. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me on a... Kind of the the opposite end is the um, the last girl by bike ride, mm. um, this summer. You were there, weren't you? I think so. Yeah, and it just rained for like most of the beginning. We're all like huddled under tents. Oh, like, oh, like we're, we're at still lads? grilling. At lads? And, yeah, yeah, we're at lads. Circle. That's right. And, and everybody made know. these makeshift tent things, the canopies. God, <laughs> yeah. that was so fun. It was great. <laughs> like, there was a real sense of community with shared oh, yeah. misery. <laughs> I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a lot of that fun. That was. That was pretty fun. And then if the weather did finally break and we ended up, like, riding around for a while. But uh, for a lot of the time, we were just sort of trapped at Lad Circle. Hmm. But it was still, like, there was something cool about, like, all of us just kind of hung out there sort of knowing we, well, we can't really go anywhere yet. Well, I guess we'll just make the best of it, you know. It was like a tent city. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I want to go back to technology. Yeah. Uh, because I know that a lot of people use the the app, what is it, Dark Rain or Dark Cloud or... The oh, Doppler app. tracker? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is and either. It's, it's, it's like very localized. Yeah, Dark yeah. Skies. That's what okay. I think it is. And it's very localized to where you are about your, the weather. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've not used that, but I actually use Weather Underground. Because, that's mine. Yeah, because you can choose. There's weather stations around, you know, people, an everyday person can have a weather station that reports the information back to Weather Underground. Mm -hmm. So if you look on it in the Portland map, you can find different locations throughout the city. So like me, I started in Hollywood, but I want to know what the weather is over my lads because I'm headed that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and it's surprising how different oh, it can be. Oh, totally in, different. Yeah. In like just those couple miles. Yeah. So I, you know, you can plan where you're going and it's like rain, rain starting at two 30 and I'm like, it's, it's close. It's very accurate, I think. Yeah. And so I've been really happy with using, uh, using that app. Do you tend to use that like to help you plan your trip or just mostly as like, what's it, what's it doing now? Pl plan on when to leave. Yeah. And then, uh, or when to be out there. And then also what to bring if I do need, if I actually do need a rain check, because right. I actually do have a rain, I have rain gear. I just don't often <laughs> use it. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, Saturday I was helping a friend, uh, change the brake pads on his bike. And, uh, I was also doing laundry. So like the house was just a mess. So I brought the, um, the bike stand out into the courtyard and was working on the bikes then. And we were using weather underground. Okay got a half hour left you know go go like, go like kept looking at it yeah yeah it was like it's like oh shit we're past time it hasn't come down but it's gonna start coming anytime now and like trying to clean up okay <laughs> yeah yeah i've used that quite often for stuff like that good good practice for the uh mechanic challenge for pedal palooza Ooh, yeah you're, you're, i don't you're i don't know if i could do that. before the weather <laughs> i don't know if i could do that that's that's happened to me a couple times though where i've like had the bikes like I've been working on them outside and then mm -hmm. the rain starts coming down and, uh, you know, having to gather up my tools like mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah. Cause the first few drops you're like, eh, and then they are joined by many more and you're like, Oh gosh, yeah. go, 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 go. Totally. That's another um, thing. Um, just, just weather wise, we're entering into the season of squeaky breaks. Yes. 
Oh, I can't wait. That's it's, how it's I know. It's already like, happening. That's how I. That's how I know. Like people are around me. You know, <laughs> I can hear their breaks. <laughs> Tow those pads in. Yes. Um, how squeaky are your brakes? Like, or how squeaky can they be before you're you're like, okay, that's it. I got to do something about this. It depends on how much I can find other ways to mitigate me needing to use said squeaky brakes. So if it's on the back, it'll happen pretty quick this time of year. But right. for example, my front brakes are decently squeaky right now, um, and they're more squeaky when you you get that like kind of pre fog type moisture in the atmosphere like yeah, just, like just enough that to, mist just enough to like introduce a little bit of water component that's yeah. when uh yeah you'll hear me a mile away um <laughs> and so what i do is if i have enough time i'll like pre-brake to clear the track and then i'll apply pressure but uh if they were on the back brakes like oh yeah i would i would change them out pretty quick because yeah. i'm a huge fan of silent bikes just as a personal plate <laughs> not judging uh sure. your bike can be as loud as you want but i i like it being like oh what's under me oh it's a bike i didn't know it's silent <laughs> um yeah so squeaky brakes will usually get me pretty quick but i'm also lazy so like i know if i pre-brake a little bit they won't squeak and so right. at this point in time i'm just pre-braking doesn't happen with uh with disc brakes you know it can. <laughs> disc brakes, are, true. in my experience... They, they can squeak really loud sometimes. When, when disc know. brakes are squeaky, they are more annoying than rim brakes, in my opinion. You think yes. so? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah? Yes. And I've heard my fair share of squeaky brakes. I like the sound of my Pugsley brakes squeaking. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, because you don't really want squeaky brakes on disc, but... I think... I like the sound, like it... Huh. I imagine, you know, bigger rotor, maybe that's why the tone is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but, also the composition of the rotor can make a huge difference. Oh in yeah, the pitch. I guess so. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I like that much better than the sound of squeaky brakes on on my disc trucker. Mm. Uh, I cannot, I cannot have squeaky brakes on the disc trucker at all. What is it? <laughs> I what, what, stand it. What delineates the two for you? <clears throat> like just pitch or mo- yeah, modulation? Yeah, it's it's tone. It's okay. totally a deeper tone on the on the Pugsley. Yeah, it sounds more like a sustained note as opposed to like you know nails on a chalkboard. Okay. You know, to to use the uh, the metaphor, we've got a chalkboard here. If you want to demonstrate for <laughs> right? our listeners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what? next episode. I just changed my so I have disc brakes. I just changed yeah. the pads out because I was starting to get a grinding on my on my pads. Mm. Oh, if you a sort yeah, of grinding if you're noise. grinding. Well, I would uh, think so. They maybe, said that but... they had plenty of life left, but they were uh, metallic mm-hmm. pads, and I okay. got the organic pads because they say. They're not as squeaky, mm-hmm. but they'll wear faster. Yes. Which is fine with me. I just yeah. don't want the squeak. And like, you're talking. I'm, a, I'm again silent. Yeah. Quiet, quiet. Maybe not silent, but quiet is probably better. It's definitely like, again, nothing I like truly judge other people for, but it's it's one of those personal pride factors of like, I've got a quiet bike. Um, but at the same time, like I have actually seen squeaky brakes be really useful in certain contexts mainly in letting other people know you're nearby to them yes so like i appreciate it when uh and and i'll also self-admit i'm i'm kind of a bell person uh so when people don't have bells but do you have squeaky brakes i'm like yeah go you like it's (laughs) i'm glad that you have squeaky brakes (laughs) uh you know in its own little way um yeah for for me disc brakes the squeak tonality of them and maybe with because you're talking like 180 millimeter rotors versus 160 so yeah maybe that even just there is the difference um that's funny that you pulled that right out of your head i 
was actually had to think about that for a I, while. I could, yeah. I, I would need to check the Pugsley documentation. No, but that's, like, that's a, I'm one hundred eighty. But yeah, I could see like a you get more metal, so the tone is going to be lower. But if you're talking one hundred sixty on a road bike with centered metal pants, that's a really annoying sound. Yeah, um, and it just like bites out your eardrums. Yep. <laughs> so good times in the brake world i think we'll see some squeaky brakes out there on the road <laughs> yeah i i it is so I, I think the biggest thing for me that makes it um not as enjoyable to have squeaky brakes on disc is that the number of factors you can change to try to eliminate that are relatively minimal compared to oh, yeah. what you can do on a rim brake and so i think just more ease of not having to replace the pad or the rotor to get past that that's kind of what puts it over the hill for me in right. terms of uh, rim rim squeak being a bit better. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, tell me what you mean by that. So in my experience, and I'm sure that this is just a reflection of my own personal journey through fixing squeaky brakes on various bikes, but I feel that more commonly, more, or more often than not, um, to fix squeaky brakes on disc, you end up replacing pads or you end up replacing rotors. Whereas on oh, a it. rim okay. brake, you right. can adjust them. You can sand them. You can tow them in. You can take little chips out of the back of it to adjust that. You can also um, move them up or down on the surface of the rim. Like there's just so many factors to Got that it. adjustment. Whereas on a disc brake, more often than not, after you've done a pass or two on the sander, or um, you know, done rubbing alcohol and tried to get all the grease off, if it doesn't work after that point, like probably are better off if you just want to be done with your repair for the day just chucking a new pair of pads on there most most commonly is what i've found so i talked to someone and they they said when you have disc brakes and you have a squeak like that and you you take care of the major things Mm -hmm. that you can take care of they said it it can also be other things on your bike that is causing that noise because of the the vibration Mm-hmm. that travels through your bike yep huh. so it totally. might not even be your rotor exactly. or your pads it so might be you might need to make your, your loose headset fender or your headset or some yeah. weird fork thing yeah well, most brakes if they do tend to squeak they'll squeak on the front and it's just a uh, it's physics in terms of the modulation that you get on your fork so certain stiffness of forks will react differently under oh, certain okay. circumstances and um in in reality all brakes squeak it's just that they're at a higher frequency than is detectable by the human ear is what i had heard from a science perspective <laughs> um so like i don't have the tools to go out and test it but it kind of makes sense to me is, is when you get that modulation down in the in the audible spectrum you've got squeaky brakes but technically if it's doing its job it's squeaking it's just way above that pitch huh. from what we can perceive I, I guess, you know, it's vibrations. Yeah. yeah. What if there's an app for that? <laughs> an app for that? I wonder if dogs everywhere are like, no, <laughs> this breaks off. Yeah, or at least that that's what I've heard. Again, I'm going to I'm gonna put that out there with a grain of salt and expect that people will write and tell me otherwise, which I always appreciate because I like learning. So I'm going to slightly disagree with all y'all as far as uh, disc brake maintenance and squeaking. Okay. Because the first thing I always do is realign the caliper. Like, you know, I loosen up the caliper and then, you know, you tow in the pads mm-hmm. to where it's like centered on the, on the rotor. Mm-hmm. This is, sorry, this is also assuming that I've, I've checked to see that the rotor is, is true. Um, but yeah, I, I will realign the caliper first and then, you know, try that. And if it's still squeaking, then probably I will chuck a, another set of pads on it. For disc brakes. But yeah, for yeah, disc yeah. brakes. Um, I tend to like wear my pads as far down as I can. Mm-hmm. 
to the, to the when, point I had one you where know the it was tone like changes and you look down there and you're like, oh yeah, that's just yeah, metal on metal. Yeah. No, I had one that like it was worn almost all the way down and it was wearing unevenly. Hmm. So it had caught the rotor at one point and like pulled itself out from the caliper. Oh wow. Yeah. And you know, there's that uh little metal spring that, you know, keeps the two pads apart. Mm-hmm. Um that was like all bent to crap you know so i essentially like had to ride the rest of my way to work without a front brake yeah i've seen instances where that pin actually gets like sucked into the rotor oh really yeah that's gotta suck oh yeah and people will be like there's this squeaking sound and i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) there is (laughs) let's do something about that uh avid bb7s not to name any names but avid bb7s uh particularly yeah, uh, nope. That's that's my that's my brand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there's there's a reason I'm in the Spire camp, but right? uh, we won't get too brand loyalist <laughs> on the show for tonight. Uh, well, we've kind of we've kind of gone off there on a, on a tangent. Though, this is true. That's all right. But it's all related to the rain in yes. some greater way. Yes. Um, do get you it. guys do you guys do anything as far as your tires? In terms of. Uh, anything different as far as like riding in wet weather versus hmm. dry weather. Like change them out or like are you talking like a wet weather tire set versus dry or just anything? However you want to interpret that question. Ah, gosh. I feel like I would answer this question differently if I had multiple bicycles. But as <laughs> as the rider of a Surly, <laughs> I'm like, nope, the tire that's on there is the tire that's, that's the tire is gonna there. be on there. I, I guess if I lose tread on the front, I would probably just like consider that as a factor of replacement during the wet season. Uh but if there's still tread on there, usually I'm I just replace it when the tire goes down or, or I don't, I don't like deflate my tire or run at a different PSI or oh, okay. anything like that. Um, unless I'm actually out in like dirt or something, but that's, that's not usually happening in Portland commuting weather. So I would say I might've thought about it from time to time, but usually not. Okay. No, I don't change my tire. I, no. I, I get the tires I like, and then I just ride them. I just recently ordered a set of tires. <laughs> I well, for the uh trucker? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Me I too. ride I ride marathons uh and marathon pluses, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much forever, almost almost exclusively up until now. And oh. That do is, tell. That is because uh on my commute, I found a path that is well off-road, but also I haven't tried it in wet weather like this, but it I'm sure will get pretty muddy and slick. Mhm. Um, and I've also like kind of wanted to try these tires out. So gotcha. Uh, the Surly Extra Terrestrial tires. Okay. Um, Got a little bit of knobby in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like sort of their, um, their like sort of all rounder mm-hmm. tire. Um, I'm just I'm a little afraid because I've got the the marathon mentality where like you know this will go over everything. Yep. Yep. And you know. I don't know how puncture protected this is. Yeah, you've got to you've got to give yourself that fifteen minute cushion now. Oh yeah, just yeah. in case. Ten more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting because I uh, had been really excited to, like, it, it's 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 probably like a testament to how good Schwalbies are in general. Yeah. That my biggest complaint about them is that they don't wear down fast enough. <laughs> Because like you you want to try all of these tires, right. but then yeah. you only burn through one every three or four years, and you're like, well, I only get so many opportunities, 
Um, so in the time that I got my bike in 2011, did one, I've done two full tire replacements at this point, and that's over like 6,000 miles of touring. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure. So it, it's like I've seen people run through marathons faster, and I'm like, oh, maybe, I, definitely do. maybe yeah. I just got like the extra, extra durable marathons that everybody else has, but somehow mine lasts longer. I, I think it comes down also to PSI. Um, and and perhaps like riding pattern where i'm always like very gentle on cadence and i'm not sure if i'm i'm not sure if scientifically it makes a difference but i feel like a more gentle cadence leads to longer lasting tires somehow and maybe it's because you're not like really pushing on the edge of the tires oh, as you yeah because if you're like putting if you're not a lot pushing of against the bike the pedal you're you're also gonna like kind of yeah sway, yeah sway the bike i'm not it. sure the interrelation of those um but i have just gotten more life off of those two sets of tires than almost anybody else i know yeah that's amazing uh so good job schwalbe but <laughs> in in the interim what has happened is the the bike industry from 2011 to 2018 has really gone away from 26 inch wheels and yes, so i went to buy tires the other day and i was like oh i'm gonna check out all of these new uh brands and styles and I'm like yay like i can finally like switch it up <laughs> and i go on and i'm like oh there's Maybe like six different choices I can make in the 26 <laughs> range of like yep. touring tires. Yep. Four of those choices are Schwalbe marathons. <laughs> so I got the marathon uh, pluses, I guess. Uh -huh. I'd had, uh -huh. had the marathons just uh, standard before, yep. uh, but I was really hoping to run the Supremes and they just don't make a Supreme nope. in a 26 inch, it's which is a shame. C only. I was very sad. Yeah. I was actually a little disappointed. Now, I will say if you... If you go a little further afield than Schwalbe, you mm -hmm. might find more variety. Yeah. I was looking but... at some tubeless from, there's that uh, tire company that uh, Panracer subcontracts with out of Seattle, Washington. They make like the most gummiest gumwall tires you've ever oh, yeah. met. <laughs> um, and a former coworker had those on his bike and they're just a pleasure. It's the kind of tire where like, you know, it's sort of like a randonneuring. You know, you're going to get flats. But you also know that your like mentality is, yeah, I'm going to get flats. So like you just take the time to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and otherwise, the ride characteristic of them like is it's fantastic. It's a very comfortable ride. Yes. Okay. The only yeah. trouble is they're about 120 a piece, wow. and that was just oh, no. that was a bit no. much for no. me. So back to the Schwalbies, it was. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why I ended up with, well, not the only reason I was wanting to explore these Surleys, but the I guess. The reason why I did end up going with them versus just going with the the standard twelve was because they weren't that much more expensive. Yeah, that's a factor. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, PSI, you don't change it up at all, though. My um, strategy with Schwabies is to let them ride until you realize they're so low that you're doing three times the effort <laughs> you need to. Yeah. When I when I pump up my tires, they are most commonly at about thirty five psi. Okay. Uh, so that's still pretty low. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I tend to maybe ride Maybe that them. does have something to do I'll, with I'll why just, you don't wear your tires down, though. I, I pump my tires maybe every month and a half, or I get a flat. I run pretty close to maximum PSI. Mm. Oh, wow. I, I always recommend, and it's off of a, um, I think it's off of a, shucks, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the publication, but they did some tire deflection science back about five or six years ago, and each tire itself has sort of an optimum deflection ratio and so you can actually measure that against the efficiency of the tire uh, and they did you know like eight or nine for comparison uh, but i find myself standard if if it's a schwalbe i run it about 10 to 15 percent lower than its max psi wow. standard 
and then I just let it air out from there. And it seems apparently to do quite well for the life of the tire. Uh, From an efficiency standpoint, yeah, you're going to work harder, but I tend to enjoy the trade of working harder for getting less flats, which I find to be the case in that, in that regard. It's usually when I get a flat, it's that I pumped my tire the day before. And that's, that's been pretty rule of thumb. You mentioned that on a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Every time I pump my tires now, I think like, am I going to get a flat? Yeah. (laughs) So I I just run, I run them at 35 or 40 and that'll go on for, you know, a month, maybe a month and a half. And then I'll be like, God, I'm working really hard. And you like look down (laughs) at your wheels and you're like, oh yeah, I should probably pump those. So, uh, tire tips, let, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, Ah, I I like talking about bikes. Yeah. It soothes the soul. Uh, One thing that I don't think we really think about initially when it comes to riding your bike in the rain is after you're done and, like, you're just going to get wet, Mm -hmm. what do you do with all of that wet stuff? (laughs) Strategy-wise? I like the chuck it on the floor method. That's a a pretty (laughs) good one. Take that. Take that rain. <laughs> and then like you're making dinner later and you're like, oh, I should probably pick that up. Yeah, I should, I should maybe <laughs> hang that over the bathtub or something. Yep. It depends. I mean, if, at home, it's, I mean, if I'm at work. So mm. I, I bought a hairdryer at Goodwill and it's a really, actually pretty decent for work. And so really? when I get to work, turn that thing on, dry up my socks, dry up my underwear. Nice. Drop my shoes. Yeah. That's a good strat. Yeah. It works out pretty well. They have um, these like box boot dryers that have PVC tubing, and it's oh, just right. it yeah, just yeah. runs a fan basically through a through an air chamber. Um, and I've considered like looking at a used one of those in the past, or like just building my own. Uh, but my strategy thus far is usually to uh, either just find some place to hang it over something, or if in the winter time in particular, I'll turn the heat on for like that first five or ten minutes of being home and then i'll just turn it back off for the rest of the night but like that that much there's at least at at our place enough to get most of the rain gear dry when it's truly wet at work i just let it mold it's it's okay (laughs) it'll get dry when it gets home right oh yeah there's really not much i can do at work i mean shove it in the locker (laughs) right uh if i can uh, i will like my hat and my gloves i'll put like on the vent on the dashboard. Oh, you know. Do you ever try putting and, them in your pockets? No. Yeah, <laughs> I so, would think it would like dry even slower. Then. Uh so your body warmth, if it's a synthetic, like a quick dry material. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, I usually just put my gloves in a breast pocket, and then by the time you're ready to go home, usually just the warmth of your of your no kidding will get them dry for you. Yeah, your your mileage may vary. This boggles my mind. That's an yeah. old. It's an old like camping trick where if you're. Um, wet weather like mountaineering or something like that and your stuff gets a bit wet if you sleep with it on top of your body it'll warm and dry within your sleeping bag better than it would in the cold air uh so it's, huh. it's sort of like a mountaineering uh trick re-engineered for biking is at least where i picked that one up yeah give it a shot sometimes yeah. you've got to like flip it halfway through the day like if it was folded one way fold it the other uh does but- it work if you sleep in your bed too it probably would work. You just got to put it in between you and the blanket. That's right. that's the real trick. So um, in the mountaineering world, it's kind of just like the lesser of two evils where it's like I can be cold now or I can be freezing in the morning. So you choose the coldness of sleeping right, with it at night. Um, yeah. If I were at home, I might be tempted to dry it somewhere else. <laughs> but you're certainly welcome to try it. I've always, I've 
I kind of play the the I don't know sort of this this game in my head of like uh, is it worth the investment to go down to our coin operated dryer mm. and throw it in the dryer mm-hmm. it's like two bucks per load and like yeah, it's not like it's not like you can just put two quarters okay i'm good for like a half hour <laughs> and, you know that's 15 minutes that should do right mm-hmm. uh no it's like one of those where like it it won't operate unless yeah. the full uh two dollars is in <clears throat> but there's often times where like i'll be hanging it up and that next morning you know even though it's hung up throughout the entire day you know the the cuffs yep yep almost classically will still be wet oh interesting and, yeah, yeah i usually just put it back on like if it's in the 20 percent wet category i yeah. try to wear my weight right here dry i will just because i don't i don't uh really have much of a choice but mm. yeah we could do the thing if it's got jacket where you put the you put crumpled up newspaper in the sleeves because in the crumpled up newspaper i would do that with my shoes i never thought well, to yeah. do that oh, with yeah. my sleeves no because it, it uh it, one it will absorb the wetness from your sleeve but right. two it keeps it you know in a shape where it airs out more oh shit yeah, yeah. do that look at that see that's why we got you on the show <laughs> you were you were wondering what to do with all of your t- strewn about willamette week copies <laughs> and now you have a solution <laughs> <laughs> or the uh all those copies of um the weekly uh coupon oh, yeah. books that you get. <laughs> extra, extra good. What is that? Red Plum? Oh gosh. <laughs> Whoever that is. No. It's not it. Red Plum. I've put them I've put them on the like do not send list so many times mm-hmm. and I still keep getting them. Yeah. Gosh, mailing catalogs. <laughs> it's one of those weird things in life where you're like, I should just ignore it and get on with it, but I just can't because they keep sending me these right? things. <laughs> And you're like, it's it's about the principle and then like halfway through like the misery that is trying to get unsubscribed, you realize, yeah, I really should just like it just pretend that it's like pre recycling. Like, oh, this was meant for the recycling right. bin. And like if you conceptualize that, you'll just be better off in life kind of deal. There's <laughs> one time I got home from work, you know, and my bike, like before I open the door, I'll set it underneath where our mail slot is. Mm-hmm. And those things never fit in the mail slot, so it's like always sticking out. Gotcha. So like roll my bike in and I will normally just grab it and mm-hmm. like walk to the recycling bin at yep. our apartment complex and just toss it in. And there was one time I, I went, I grabbed it and I like was walking to the recycling bin and my neighbor happened to be out and he's he's like, you know, I used to do that and then I threw some mail away accidentally. Mm. It was tucked in and I like threw it in. Look through it. Okay, it's good. Mm-hmm. Never mind. We're all yeah. right. Got to do the but shake test. I'm a test. little bit more attentive. Oh, totally. Yeah, they'll they'll slip in there every now and then. It's. I think it's a conspiracy with the post office to make you take that into your house. Like they pay ten cents extra if like they if fold they put it inside the, of the red right. plum. <laughs> Probably keeps them going. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Pre-sorted mail. I can't remember what percentage it makes up of the USPS uh, total business model, but. I, I think it was like 30% or something like that last really? time I looked. Oh, yeah. Like that's a that's like oh, a man. huge part of uh, the profit margin for right. our postal service. But it's it's good to have mail come to your door. So I still like I'm, I'm for mail. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other thoughts, uh, trials or tribulations about cycling in the rain? Or advice. You're going to get wet. Oh, gloves, gloves. I put my gloves oh. on the uh, on the computer at work or on the backs of the monitors because they generate enough heat. Nice. To dry oh. them never, never been burnt by that one yet. Oh, but that does remind me. One time, accidentally, uh, my gloves were... I, w- I didn't 
I just wasn't paying attention. I will often just sort of like set them f- on any flat surface. So they're laying flat and they'll eventually dry out. And this one particular time they were sitting on top of our internet router and the water was getting into the internet gone. router. <laughs> <laughs> and like all of a sudden, like we're, we don't have any internet. Oh gosh. Uh. <laughs> Look over. Oh, the router's. The router's not on. Mm-hmm. Unplug it, plug it back in, you know, turn it off and on. Were you like, able to revive it? Nope. Oh, shucks. <laughs> we had to get a new one the next day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've I've had some recoveries out of situations like that. Yeah. But, um. Like, there was, a point in, there was a point where I was like, do we have enough rice to stick this in there? Mm-hmm. To, like, stick this in a bag of rice? Oh, totally. It's like, is it worth it, though? Gosh, you're bringing up like (laughs) horrifying memories of the first computer I built. Oh, yeah. That had like an 80 millimeter fan in the top. And of course, I pour a glass of water and at some point, (laughs) like just happen to be reaching for it without looking for it. And boom, it gets right in there. It just it's like if you picture a sprinkler aided by your 80 millimeter fan (laughs) with like a a pint of water. Right. um, The screen freezes up like everything just grinds to a rapid halt. And I just like shove my finger on the power button as hard as I can. And this is like I just like worked my first summer job. I think I was like seventeen or something, right. and like that's where my summer earnings just went towards. <laughs> right, and so you kind of look at it, and I waited a whole week, and fortunately, it just like dried out, and I had hit the oh, button fast enough. Nice. I waited yeah. a whole week, didn't touch a thing, and it that's rebooted. Smart. So I was yeah. I'm gonna call myself incredibly lucky, um, but oh, that sinking feeling when you just yep. fry a piece of electronics <laughs> not not a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm, I was, I'm happy I was so mad at myself. Oh, I know. <laughs> you're like, I, I, I could have caught that one. But hey, you know, it works more often than it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it was just one of those dumb things where if I had just taken a moment to think about where I was placing these mm-hmm. or what I was placing them oh, on. Oh, it's always easier in know. hindsight. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I said to work at work, work equipment, not right. home equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Armando's, Armando's got the ticket. <laughs> That's so. That's what I was doing wrong. I've got to put it. Ah, okay. Noted. Back Noted. when I had like an actual tower, you know, a computer tower, um, I would write on top of it, um, with like arrows pointing to the top, like this is not a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I will put if there's a flat surface. Yeah, I'll put something on there. I've, I've learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, shall we move on yeah. to our calendar? And if you have anything that we covered or didn't cover that you want to offer out to the community yes. or your fellow listeners. Any questions, advice, snide remarks? Let us know. Do you want to hang around for our calendar and headlines? No, I'm going to take up right now. Okay. No, I'm teasing. No, I'm <laughs> also, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's totally your prerogative if you want to take off, but... <laughs> My first thought was like, what's going to happen to that pizza? <laughs> oh, I'm leaving that for you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to take that pizza with him? He can leave, but is he going to take that pizza with him? Don't don't ever use that. Too Thank, bad. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> the second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The... Second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. And the last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. Hey, and 
the second Sunday of every month, right here in Portland, the Corvidi Bike Club Ride. Ka-ka! And October 29th. That is tonight. Yeah. I wonder if this actually happened. P-town? I wonder if this went down. We actually. should uh, garner reports from the field. The P-Town Scooter Throwdown. I'm going to read it. No, they just read. They did it it's not until November. They rescheduled. No, they rescheduled. November. <laughs> we're, we're safe. I want to yes. say November 19th or 18th. Nice. <laughs> or uh, 17th. Right I love you, there. Armando. Uh, my soul is at rest. <laughs> oh, that's so great. They, they didn't have the ramp built. Oh, okay. That's good. We, I'm I'm glad the extra time will be put towards building <laughs> building a ramp. Safety first, please. Exactly. Safety first. No, it's uh, what, what is it? It's fun first, look good second, have fun third, <laughs> and safety comes in seventh or eighth. I, I said that wrong, but I'm gonna stick to it. November sixth, the feminist bike book celebration yes this came to us uh from our good friends at microcosm publishing Mm -hmm. uh says help us celebrate bikes not rockets and true trans bike rebel two new titles from portland-based ellie blue publishing bikes not rockets is a collection of feminist bicycle science fiction edited by ellie blue true trans bike rebel collects true life tales of cycling by trans and non-binary writers. Editor is Lydia Rogue, and she will introduce this one. Um, <clears throat> says, come and meet the contributors. Hear them present their work and talents. Buy a book, have it signed, and join us for the after party nearby. This is happening at the Central Library downtown. Nice. Good. Yeah. Deal. So if you are free, go hang out. Um, November 9th and 10th. The Portland Podcast Festival, where we will be there cleaning the toilets. That we will. And December 15th and 16th, you heard about it last year. Maybe you didn't go. Maybe you didn't have a great time. But it's Bikecraft, and it's back again. Yes. I believe it's at Tabor Space this year. Okay. Uh, up That's correct. On Belmont and 60th. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Show up early. There are often very fun prizes. Yeah. And fun people to talk to and hang out with as well yeah actually the last couple times well the first time i was there i think i spent well over a hundred dollars and the last couple times i was there i don't think i spent anything i just like went there and hung out and talked with everybody that was there but yeah yeah i kind of kind of feel guilty about that now well it's okay i've I've thought too hard do do you know what you can do on december 15th and 16th this year yes I can. I you can, can go assuage your guilt, right? <laughs> Bitecraft. I can go make up the difference. No, it's uh, all good. Come hey, we hi. got some upcoming film by bike tour dates: Hood River, Oregon. Well, that's already happened. Akron, Ohio, November fourth. Arcata, California, November fifteenth. Bendigo, Australia, or BGO, November thirtieth. Phoenix, Arizona, November thirtieth, and Boise, Idaho, January eighteenth. And now for. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. From NBCWashington.com, D.C. considering no right turn on red rules to boost street safety. D.C. officials are considering banning right turns on reds in some parts of the city as a way to increase street safety, News 4 has learned. When asked about the proposal, the D.C. Department of Transportation director, Jeff uh, Marutian, said... 
quote, we'll be making some announcements along these lines about some plans that we have to modify those operations. There are a number of things we can do, everything, from the way that we organize our traffic signals to things like right and left turn movements. Yes, I am all for this. Booyah. Right on reds. If you've ever been in a bike box in downtown Portland, <laughs> you'll know how sacred those right turns are. <laughs> right? Or in any city. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like D.C. as well. Yeah, yeah, they should have it. It can't be parts. It has to be all. It has to be all or nothing. You can't have some or none. Like selective. Right. Yeah. Uh, this that's part that's of not going to work. Yeah. So, so nobody's going only... to... Oh, I thought this well, was... Uh, you know. The only... I... Oh, you go ahead. The only thing I'm thinking is uh, there are certain like bike boulevards in D.C. that have been really uh, brought forth as, as I guess, flows or channels of movement. And so I'm wondering if they might do so there just as like a start or intro because mm. people uh, already made that first step logically, which is, oh, this is a little different than the rest of the city. So I'm wondering if like there's any correlation between those two yeah. as a rollout i agree with you though it's much easier if a policy is uh completely top down because then it's a one 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 uh there's step no approach. question about it like yeah. is this it, it the is, neighborhood it is or where i'm not supposed to turn right on is yeah. this is this where there's free parking dc no that's that's no neighborhood <laughs> no neighborhood ride, ride your bike uh I can totally get behind this. However, there's the cynical side of me that's like, how many streets have I been down where it clearly says no right on red and yeah. people are still r running that right turn anyway? All of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I'm, I'm still like, I'm all for this. I really hope, honestly, I really hope every major city has this. It's, it's really, I, I don't think you're losing a whole lot of time by mm -hmm standing at the light for its yeah and it, i think it's duration. it's got some additional benefits uh for example getting stuck in the turn box would be i feel alleviated oh, if you weren't allowed yes. to take a red on the red yes. so i think it, in terms of a general um allow me, allowing for a flow of traffic in a pedestrian and cycling sense that having no right on red would would maybe help in that regard as well my hope would be i'd like to see some numbers of like how many right hooks or um, pedestrian accidents, pedestrian to car accidents have happened because of right on red. Hmm. I imagine, I'm sure there's stats for I, that. You know, versus like just a regular standard right hook. Because mm -hmm. um, I imagine the large percent of them are going to be on a red. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that somehow. Speaking of right hooks, from streetsblog.org, study Uber and Lyft are increasing traffic deaths. Oh, no. <laughs> You heard it here. Uh, a new Maybe study. First. <laughs> a new study from the Booth School at University of Chicago estimates Uber and Lyft have increased traffic deaths by two to three percent nationally, which doesn't sound like a big boost. Two or three percent. Only eleven hundred people. That's as many as yes, eleven hundred additional deaths a year. A small but significant contribution to the increase in traffic deaths in the U.S. since 2011. The study found that cities with high adoption of Uber and Lyft have 3% more total miles driven daily on average than cities with low adoption. The effect was even bigger in larger cities than, or in cities that have high rates of transit ridership. Mm -hmm. um, the, something that was interesting in this article is it mentioned that it actually hasn't proven um, to reduce traffic or even reduce um, people driving mm -hmm. 
what it's mainly done is cannibalize the transit system that's already existed in yeah. a lot of these cities. It's it's interesting too because um, we're we're starting to get some of this long term data. I mean, rideshare showed up from a policy standpoint overnight. Yeah, and so I think that um, as we get further into it, we'll we'll start to get some more information in this regard and be able to like make some really good decisions yes. based on that. Uh, so it's it's uh, a bit disheartening but also a bit uh of a of a light in a tunnel of that <laughs> hopefully you know if numbers if numbers matter we can we can maybe get some really good policy made around yes. these types of changes that we see at a societal level yes um yeah it's interesting that the rate of adoption for new license or new registrations goes up and i'm wondering because they didn't really pin that down within the article but i would be curious what the yeah, cause and effect that. was there yeah. Um, lastly, from bikeportland.org, Peabot's 18 high crash streets will get an uh, will get updates this year or next year. Uh, the city of Portland is on steady march toward safer streets through their Vision Zero program. Yesterday, the Bureau of Transportation announced details of 18 high crash network streets that will get a range of safety updates in 2019. And here are the five that I picked. Booyah. Marine Drive. Marine Drive. Safety fixes from 33rd to 185th, including rumble strips, rapid flash beacons, and a traffic signal at 122nd. You, you missed my, my favorite of that entire list. Oh, yeah? New bike lanes. Oh, shit. Yes. How did I skip that? <laughs> I don't yes, know. New... I just wanted to draw attention to <laughs> new it. New bike lanes along Marine Drive. Although, man, good luck. I hate driving or <laughs> riding along Marine Drive. Fair enough. Uh Burnside on the east side, crossing enhancements at 16th and 129th. And the reason why I picked this out specifically is because have you ever Google mapped anything that crossed Burnside I, in the inner, like, northeast or inner southeast? I most commonly cross at 16th, so I know that intersection very well. that's where it puts you. Yep. And there's no traffic signal there. Oh, yeah. You just sort of, like... You play what, the hey, yeah. do you see me game yep. Yep. for minutes on end. Do you know that intersection? Yes. Yeah. There's it's, another one at, uh, I think it's 20, 20th. Yeah, is it 20th there? 20th or 22nd. Yep. 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 Same case. That'll be that'll be a fast improvement over the current infrastructure. But yeah, Google always puts you there. And I mean, it. there really isn't a good crossing. It's because Google like, knows best, Aaron. You know, right. Google knows best. <laughs> but still, it's not a good crossing. Columbia Boulevard, new bridge for walking and biking uh, over near Chimney Park. And... I picked that one out because it reminded me uh, the last time you and I were biking together. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the the one spot. Where, oh, okay. Like, you and I were like, okay, we got to cross this street now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's a fun ride. Um, it also is going to have pr- improvements at Midway and uh, interse- intersection safety fixes at Cully and Alderwood, which will be nice because I know that is actually a place where a lot of people are walking across mm-hmm. Columbia. Oh, yeah. Powell Boulevard, new crosswalks, rapid flashing beacons, sidewalks, protected bike lanes, center turn lanes, lighting, and drainage. We are talking about things flooding. Mm. Uh, they're planned from 122nd to 136th. Have you ever been out that far on Powell? I have, actually. It's uh, It's... Yeah, kind of the Wild West. Oh, there. totally. Yeah, yeah you're, not, East, you're not quite so on the Mount Hood Highway, but you're not quite in Portland. No. And you're certainly not in Oz anymore. No. 
No, yeah, it's it's kind of a dog eat dog out there. Oh yeah, that's I think um, when it comes down to it, if I were to make a traffic statement and was traffic are Portland, I would have like blinking signals on every single block of Powell. <laughs> that's just like that's, yeah, no, that's how it like division, laid a law down. Powell and Division like east of like ninety second or one twentieth. Yeah. yeah. So I I'm um speaking of traffic and differences, the St. George effect. This that's the analogy I'm looking for. Every okay. street in St. George was Powell Boulevard. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> it was oh. it was interesting. Um and then lastly, yeah, I'll let you I'll let you All go right. for the Yeah, barber, sidewalk infill, enhanced crossings, rebuilt bike and pedestrian and pedestrian connections uh over on Lane and 53rd is the connection there. Nice. Uh, I can't quite imagine it, but any improvement they put on Barber Boulevard is going to be much welcomed by anybody who oh, yeah. goes around there. Definitely. Those are some very much needed. And this is only 5 of um 18. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Armando, if you had to choose a, a stretch of Portland to improve, what would be on your hit list? Oh, I, I think I did some of the picking on this list at, at one of the uh, open houses. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I have my route, and my route is I feel pretty safe the way I take it, but I know there's a lot of places that aren't safe. Probably someplace out in East Portland for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was doing time where riding a stretch, riding down division, riding division out past, you know, past the uh, um, 205. Oh, yep. Yep. And it's yep. like. There's it's a lane there, but like, there. does anybody, does yeah. anybody respect it? Or uh, like, does... Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's the traffic's really fast yeah. and it's the lanes are really dirty and debris mm-hmm. and all kinds of yuck. And uh, that's where you have you you just grow the sense sense of empathy for those that you see riding on sidewalks. Oh yeah, You're oh like, no, no, yep. no, there's plenty of times I've ridden. On sidewalks. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. At one point, uh, you actually cross over and ride on the sidewalk because you're not going to cross in the middle, like past past uh, two hundred five out mm-hmm. to one twenty second. Yeah, there's not a place really to cross, so we just cross with the light and then ride on the sidewalk. Doing the East Portland thing. Yep, indeed. Cool. Well, those will be welcome improvements, and uh, we look yes. forward to seeing that take place. All right. Well, you know, we don't necessarily have any road improvements happening right here, right now, but you know what we do have? What do we have, Aaron? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. We have one piece of mail. Is it? <clears throat> this came to us from Chris in Colorado, uh, it actually had the subject of like, yeah, yeah, I know political shit, <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to send this to us anyways. Thanks uh, for writing, Chris. I appreciate it. It's, uh, I'm going to get, I don't know this person's last name actually, uh, but her name is Simone and she is running for uh representative of this district here in Colorado. And it's like her like political, uh, thing. And, I don't know what side of the spectrum she's on. And I, I honestly don't care. And, um, the point, the point of sharing this wasn't so much of like, Hey, vote for this lady. It was, well, I'll just read his letter. Um, Simone <clears throat> who is running for my district is an unabashed bicycle rider and she is super smart and her partner is car free and they don't even live in Boulder, Colorado. What? Which is where like apparently all the bikers. That's where you go. In Colorado. When you know. Yeah. They live out here on the non bikey side. I know she's wearing spandex, but for better or for worse, that's the culture around here. And because Simone is running and because she is drawing enough votes and it's 
or because of that, she's forced the people to acknowledge that bike lanes and bike paths and are, which are also a big thing out here, are to be included in projects for the most part. I, Chris, for one, am hoping for a day when the person who is for all modes of transportation, even swing bikes, Eric gets Ivy. into office from my district. Hope and joy. Later, Chris. And Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. Bring in the multimodal. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'd heard that buses are the popular way to get around multiple um, sort of sub-districts near, nearby to Boulder. So oh, yeah. in terms of the pathways, too, I think that would be a really nice solution to be able to bike in between as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, inside the city infrastructure, but city to city. Mm-hmm. Is always that's always the like connection that a lot of people miss. Definitely, and there's really good examples of that. Sort of, I think it, I I think most prominently in the Minneapolis area, uh, where there's a bunch of pathways that yes. network everything. So if something similar is going on or percolating in Boulder, that's always good news. Um, I have a piece of mail that I added that isn't actually oh, yeah. a piece of mail, but oh, it's, no? a, it's a follow-up to a piece of mail okay. we received earlier, which is to thank Todd, Todd Grosbeck, uh, for oh, writing yeah. in and recommending the Optimists, or, or thank you for being late, Optimists Guide in the Age of Accelerations. I know I'd chatted about it a couple of um, episodes ago, but I finished the book, and it was a fantastic recommendation. So thank you, Todd. And uh, yeah, really appreciate uh, what I got out of that. So. Awesome. Indeed. Uh, always down for book recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will be having more, uh, more more dinner parties with eight or less people around the dinner table as, as a result of that book. So thank you. Eight or less. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I won't get I won't get too much into it because then I would spend like a whole nother episode <laughs> on it. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of interesting things to unpack. And I think yeah. one of those is uh, bringing it back to the hyper local and uh, really getting to know your neighbors and to uh, appreciate right those around you over a, a casual dinner setting. Um, so there's much more wisdom than that distilled within said book, uh, but I really appreciated that point. So thanks, Todd. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening again. Armando, thank you yes. for coming in. Thanks, thank Armando. You. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thanks for the pizza. Thanks for the pizza. <laughs> pizza. Thanks for the beer. Mm-hmm. Thanks, beer mongers. Beermonger says, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You made it to the end of yet another episode. Thank you all for listening. Yes. You ready? Let's do this. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Ethan Georgie, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler. Dave Knows. Chris Smith, who we'll maybe be seeing soon. Caleb Jenkinson and J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Outerstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna. Hey, how's it going over there? Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, 
Yours truly, Aaron Green, author of gotta, Weaver Lake Sons and founder of the Regranary. I love it. Don't change a thing. <laughs> Chris Rossin, Maria, Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Uh, we've got Mac Nurse David, Nathan oh, Colton, yeah. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, and Tim Colton. Harry Hugel, EJ Finner, and Brad Ipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, and Ranger Tom. Joey Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron. Barron. Chris, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna is right there. Hey, hey. how are you doing? He crashed the party in a in a delightful fashion, yes. and brought pizza. Matthew Rooks, <laughs> Marshall Paula at Funataki Cyclecraft, Philip M and Spartandale, no relation. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth and go to bed. And this reminds me, January 18th, uh, uh, maybe around there, Sun Ra or Sun Ra's orchestra is going to be in town. And I'm mentioning that because I happened to go see like an art exhibit okay. this weekend. It was amazing. Where was the, the exhibit? Portland Art Museum. Okay. Uh, it's going to be there for a while. So if you are like into Sun Ra, even just a little bit, mm-hmm. you should go check it out. It's funny. I feel like we were like mind twins this week or something wait you weren't there were you so i wasn't there but (laughs) i was on the website last night oh really and i was like jane we should go to the portland art museum yeah so you've solidified my my um desire to go it's three it's almost two and a half times as expensive as a pumpkin patch according to uh, armando (laughs) but it sounds like it's officially worth it so we're gonna we're gonna take a go yes cool cool